0: Hey there, this is Dr. Danielle. Thanks so much for joining us for this brand new episode of the Aligned Women podcast. Welcome to 2019. In today's episode, we're going to be working through a planning session that we shared with our members and clients at the end of 2018 to help them plan their best year ever. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to share with you that if you want to make your 2019 the best year ever, then maybe it's time for you to get some help with that. If you're interested in working with us right now, then check out our masterminds. We have two masterminds starting this month, January 2019, and we are taking applications for both of those right now. The deadline for our Elite Women Mastermind is January 7th. So if you are a practice owner who has you plus at least two in your practice, meaning you plus perhaps, an associate and a front desk assistant, then you are eligible for the Elite Women Mastermind. You must also have a practice that already earns six figures or more annually. And if you are nearing the six-figure mark, but perhaps you're still doing it all alone in your practice and you're feeling really overwhelmed, then the Elevated Women Mastermind would be the right fit for you. You can check out more details about both of our masterminds that we're accepting applications for currently at alignedwomen.com forward slash masterminds. Welcome to the Aligned Women podcast, a podcast to empower women in chiropractic to grow practices that work for their families. I'm Dr. Danielle Eaton. And I'm Dr. Shauna Dingman.
1: We're two moms who are navigating the journey of life and practice just like you.
0: So sit back, take a deep breath, and enjoy the show.
1: Hey, everyone, and happy new year. Welcome to the Aligned Women podcast. I'm Dr. Shauna Dingman, and today I have the ever amazing and truly wonderful Dr. Danielle Eaton with me. Danielle, happy new year. How you doing, my friend?
0: I am doing really well. Thank you for asking. I sound scratchy and, and like sort of foggy, but I actually feel fine. My voice is just um, tired, I suppose. On a scale of one to 10, if we're going to rate my day, I'm going to give it a 10.
1: Okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to ask you to rate 2018 on a scale of one to 10.
0: Holy smokes. Oh man. The first number that came to my mind was a five, but that doesn't feel fair. There was just a lot of craziness and a lot of exhaustion. In 2018, I mean, overall, it was a really great year. Um, I'm just really looking forward to 2019. I'm looking forward to our baby walking and talking mm. and, um, and just watching her grow up. I feel like this is a much more fun phase for me now, personally, than the whole first year of a new baby. So- well, when
1: I, I think of where you were at this time last year and where you are now, <laughs> your whole sense of... The word that comes to my mind is unburdening. It's so (laughs) different, right? You just had so much on you a year ago. And, you know, even after Arya was born, um, it was a tough slug for like a lot of months. Really, it was until sort of the fall that I think I remember you, you got some extra help and things started to really free up for you.
0: Yeah. That was pivotal. Having really, really solid childcare uh, made everything better, and being really steady with our cleaner at home—she's um, been cleaning our house for a year now—but like, really being diligent about having her come every two weeks. That you got has-
1: virtual help too with Aligned Women.
0: Oh, you know, having yes. two
1: two more team members who can help out with some of the other things made a big, big difference for both of us.
0: Yeah, so those, those things kind of all happen right around the same time. From like July through October, we went yeah. on to virtual assistants, um, new childcare support, and I was diligent about schedule, have still been diligent about scheduling cleaning of the home every two weeks. So yeah, amen. All right, so how would you rate your year?
1: You know, 2018 was such a life changing year for our family. So, I would say that it was a ten, except for the fact that we lost Craig's dad right at the end of 2017. Like actually, as we're recording this, almost exactly to the day a year ago. And um, the spring was really hard. It was hard to watch Craig walk through the grief process and other than being there for him and just loving on him as much as I could and trying to remember to be aware that he was going through that. It was, other than that, it was a great year, like just a fantastic year. So a 10 in every way with the exception of the loss of someone who we loved very dearly and was very, very important to us.
0: What do you think was the biggest lesson that you learned from the year?
1: That I can do it. I didn't realize that being out of the loop for a little while um made me really second guess myself it made me i didn't realize how much fear i was living in and how much my self-esteem as a practitioner had gone down and yeah i think being back in practice and You know, you and I really, um, we really grew Aligned Women a lot too last year. So the combination of both those things made me realize that I'm not stagnant and the best isn't in the past. The best is still yet to come. And I would say that my self-esteem just, what's that saying from the Grinch where his heart grew? I can't remember how many times, three times, five times. I feel like my self-esteem grew exponentially last year. So that was the biggest thing, was feeling like, you know what? The best is still yet to come.
0: I love that.
1: It's a great feeling. It is a great feeling.
0: I love seeing you own it. I feel like for I me, love owning it. <laughs> <laughs> right, yes. I feel like for me, the biggest lesson was that if I want something, particularly if I want more help with things, that- I have to be the one to be willing to give it to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that would look like, you know, not just expecting that my husband knows that morning, the mornings, the kids are like really dick and stressful sometimes. Um, but, but that I am proactive about it and not just hoping or wishing that someone else takes care of it for me. And, and even like having someone else here on some of those days to help, do some of the things with the kids, even though I'm in the house with them. Um, is, it's just been so eye-opening to me. Like, oh, wait, oh, I could have done this all along, but I didn't allow myself to because I had, I kept thinking like, I shouldn't have to ask for help or I, my, my husband should be helping me with this. And it's not like he doesn't. He does what he's good at, you know? And the kind of help that I've been wanting is more like, Womanly kind of help. (laughs) A wife. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um,
1: Yeah, that's such a good point. You know, it actually reminds me of a slide that we put up at the end of just about all of our um, workshops that we do for patients or for the community. And the slide says, No one is coming to save you. Your life is your responsibility. If you want to change it, you are the only one who can do it. And it's true for all of our listeners, for all of our coaching clients. No one's coming to save you. Not me, not Danielle, not your husband, not your team, just you. This is, I don't want to say it's all on you, but it it's all on you to initiate the change that you want to see.
0: Well, I think the thing though, that we have to remember about that is that it's not, it's not for you to feel a ton of responsibility per se, but for you to be empowered yes. to know that You can make choices and you can make changes and that um, it is okay to do that when you need and want to do that and to not feel like you have to continue to give and give and give to everybody else without filling your own cup up to be able to give from. All right. So today we're going to be talking about planning your best year ever. Uh, We had a five hour... this, topic, this is my favorite topic of all, I think. <laughs> wait, wait, okay, why is this your favorite topic? I w- wait, if I had to have guessed what your favorite topic was, I would have surely guessed that it was talking about knowing who your ideal patient is.
1: Well, this is part of it though, right? Because all yes, of my favorite things true. kind of fall into this because I, I think the planning process is exciting. It's fun to dream. It's fun to really be able to sit and see a vision of who you want to be and where you want to go and where you want to take your patients on this journey. I just think planning is fun and Craig and I have always done a yearly planning session this time of year where we spend we spend an entire half a day just working through this stuff together. And even though we don't technically share a practice, we share a corporation. And mostly we just feed off each other. You know, we give each other ideas. We we think very similarly and do things very similarly in practice. So we can talk about things that are, you know, essentially he's going to do them and I'm going to do them probably in practice too. So it's exciting. It's fun to think about growth. It's fun to, it's fun to think about, you know, the increase in income and what are we going to do with that. Everything about this process to me is fun because it's, It's hopeful. It's like, it's dreaming, but it's dreaming with action.
0: That's such an important state to be in though. Like if you come into a planning session and you're like, "Uh, uh, I don't really want to do this, or I don't even believe that any of this is possible, then it may not be possible for you. But if you can come into it with a positive frame of mind and really put yourself into the vision of future, like what it is you want to have in the future and be excited that it's already on its way to you, then um, it makes this whole thing much more likely to come to fruition.
1: Well, I think part of the mindset behind it for us is we've done it for so many years that we've seen that when you write things down, when you articulate it, when you communicate it, when you create a picture of it in your head, like even if you're not consciously moving toward it, you still move toward it. So It's worth doing just for that, just for that thing that you will move toward what you articulate, what you can see in your mind. So why not? Why wouldn't you do this? Mm -hmm. And then it just, it gets better and more likely if you actually put action steps and put the time into working on those action steps. Yeah. So we're going to talk about planning your absolute best year ever. 2019 is going to be epic for so many of you.
0: So this process that we're gonna share with you today is something that we worked through with our members and clients about three days before recording this podcast episode in the middle of December of two thousand and eighteen and we spent five hours together doing this. Can I just tell you I was like five hours am I really gonna have enough to say for five hours <laughs> uh, it, It's this crazy like these women almost all have kids and it's a Saturday and it's a Saturday in the middle of December and they may need to be Christmas shopping. There's just a lot going on. And then as we worked through it, I was like, oh my gosh, we, we could have spent five more hours talking, yeah. brainstorming, asking questions, giving feedback. Um, yeah, there was plenty to talk about, that's for sure. <laughs> was
1: so engaged. I mean, that was the amazing thing. I thought it was amazing that that many women created five hours of basically CEO time for themselves and stayed like every almost everybody was still on the call at the end of the fifth hour and engaged asking questions making comments I mean the chat box was well I I can't even imagine how many pages it would fill up with people commenting and you know and responding to each other as well it was really awesome
0: yeah I had a hard time actually keeping up with the chat Mm -hmm. and like being able to move forward too All right, so first and foremost, what we, so if you want to join us for this planning session, we have a quick download for you that you can get over at alignwomen.com forward slash plan. And if you enter your name and email address there, we'll give you a quick PDF that will help you walk through the process that we used and that we're going to share with you today. All right, so on that note, the first thing that we would like for you to know is that The first step in planning is actually doing the planning, (laughs) like creating the time in your schedule, right? Yeah. Planning to sit down and make a plan, Um, creating the time in your schedule. That's probably really the gist of it is to not necessarily take five hours per se, but to even take one or two or three hours and sit down in a place where there are no distractions and go through the rest of the steps that we're going to share with you today. So secondly, then from there, after you've made the time to work through this process, the next step is to review your year. And this means not just reviewing how much money did you make. That's important, of course. How many patients did you see? Yes, you want to know that too. But where did you spend your time? Where did you spend your energy? Where did you put your focus? Were you happy with how you took care of yourself this year? Were your kids happy? Um, were, Were you focused on improving or maintaining your health? What else is important to you? Did you honor what was important to you this year? Just taking the time to really reflect and ask yourself important questions is the place to start.
1: I feel like one of the most important questions that you asked in that part of our summit was, what are you still longing for? Because I think that question brings so much out from us. It will tell us, how did I actually feel about 2018? And if I didn't feel the way I really want to feel, why? Why, why is that? What was getting in the way of it? I mean, it just, it, it, it encompasses so many things in that question. What were your barriers? What was overwhelming for you? Where did you maybe
0: need more help? That was a hard question to ask because I knew that, there were some women in attendance on Saturday and the thing that they're longing for is a new baby Mm. and they're, they're doing everything that they can to have that new baby. And yet they're still waiting for that new baby. So I asked that question with a little bit of trepidation because I know that they feel like they're doing everything that they can. And yet the thing that they want still seems so elusive. Okay. Okay. So the point with reviewing your year is to really look at what worked, what didn't work, what would you like to have more of, what are you ready to let go of?
1: Mm, Yeah, that's a good one.
0: The next step then is to think about the year ahead and how you want your life to feel. What do you want your life to look like? We often... Uh, If we're not conscious, especially about how we're planning our business and designing our business, we'll think about the business first. But we intentionally put the lifestyle first because if we don't, then we we end up working and creating a business that sometimes feels like it is our lives. But one of the greatest advantages of being a, a practice owner is that you can design your practice to fit the lifestyle that you want to live. We talked about this on Saturday when we say lifestyle it's not necessarily having a yacht and driving a Mercedes or a Ferrari uh, or like buying a private island if that's what you want go for it but lifestyle can mean just having the time that you want to spend with your kids being able to take off time to go to their sporting events
1: that's what I was just going to say you know being able to go to their Christmas concert in the middle of the day (laughs) so many of us became chiropractors because we loved the thought of being in control of our time and our energy. And yet we get started in practice and somehow we let go of that control. And we feel like everybody else has control of our time and energy, but what is the vision that you have for your life in practice, in your marriage, uh, you know, in your life, if you're, not married or even not in practice yet. What do you see in practice? How do you want things to look? But starting with, what do I want my life to look like? How do I want to feel every day when, I, when my head hits the pillow? How do I want that to be? And then what do I need to do in order to get there? Mm-hmm. I would say that an important part of that process too is asking yourself, do you have a clear plan?
0: Ooh, that's a tough question, especially in the phase of life that I have been in for the last year with another new baby. <laughs> um, it, or like, as you mentioned before we were recording, having a vision for what you want your practice in your life to look like. Um, I, I feel sometimes like I get caught up in this, like I have a vision, but then my mind goes, oh, no, 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 no. You can't yep. really have that. That's not really possible.
1: This is one of the hardest things for me to do, to to actually put pen to paper or to put words to a plan because, well, we all know that life just seems to rarely go according to a plan. And I feel like if I write the plan and then life doesn't go that way, I failed. But then the only other option is you failed a plan. And if you failed a plan, you're basically planning to fail. So... I think there's nothing wrong with being able to say, this is what I see the plan being right now and know that it's open to change, but you still have to have a plan.
0: Uh, You know, there's been so many women that I've talked to this year who have said they don't know what their goals are. Mm. They don't know, especially after they've had a baby, maybe that's just the first baby. Like they've had a second baby. They've had a baby that was in the NICU. Things have really changed with their family dynamics and now they don't know what they what they want. They don't know what their goals are. I've thought a lot about this over the last three days since the event and also reading High Performance Habits right now. We don't give ourselves enough white space, just that time that we're doing nothing, just time that we're like hanging out, just being alive, so that you can connect with whatever is guiding you, right? Mm-hmm. Like what, whatever. If it's your inner voice, or if it's God or your intuition or the universe, whatever you want to call it, what is guiding you? You have to give yourself that time. We're not doing anything else to connect to it. And I looked back over the year now and saw how many women I've talked with, myself included, who were completely overwhelmed with managing their life and were confused about what their goals are and what they wanted. And it was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Because we don't give ourselves enough white space there. Oh, (laughs) there's the answer.
1: Yeah. And I think regardless of what's going on in your life, we still all have goals. And I think it really is. It's that lack of white space, that lack of quiet time where you can just sit and finish a thought that time to simply dream what, you know, what do I want this to look like and how might I get there? But you know, a goal can be, I want help with making meals. A goal can be, I want to create a life that allows me to, you know, to, to, to drop everything and be present with my very sick baby in the hospital where I don't need to worry about these other things. A goal can be, I want to be able to connect regularly with my husband. Mm-hmm. A goal can be, um, I want to fit time for myself in things that fill my cup every single week or depending on your stage of life, once a month. Those are goals. And Absolutely. I think, I think everybody has them no matter, you know, no, no matter what they're going through. And it can be something, it could be something as simple as I want my baby to come out of the hospital. And at the same time, I I still want to be able to connect with the other kids, you know, my, my other sons and daughters while this is all happening. So.
0: Well, the thing though, that stops us from, claiming those goals which then allows us to have a plan and a vision is if we feel confident about them or not do you feel confident that you can have those goals do you feel confident that you know how to create them do you feel confident that you can be the person that you would be if you had them and self-confidence is something that you talked about already essentially with taking time off from practice and then restarting and how getting started over this year has helped you increase your certainty and your, essentially your belief in yourself that you can do it.
1: Yeah. Self-esteem is such a big, big thing. You know, I think, um, Natalie Eckdahl has written a book called reset your mindset and she talks about the inner mean girl. And when I was at biz Chicks back in October, She did this exercise where we had to write down on a piece of paper basically all the things, all the things that that voice tell us, what what our inner mean girl tell us. And then um, she collected all the pieces of paper and she stood up on stage in front of a mirror and she started reading them off. And I'll tell you, at least half of the room was in tears because these are the things that we tell ourselves. You know, why would anybody want to listen to you? you can't do this. You're never going to make enough money. Um, You don't really know what you're doing. So why would your patients do what you tell them to do? All those kinds of things, you know, you're fat, you're ugly, you're too blonde, you're too brunette, you're, you know, whatever, right? You're too short, you're too tall. uh, You don't have any authority. Nobody likes you. All those things. And I'm telling you to hear them being spoken out loud was so powerful in helping me realize just how much negative talk we all have going on inside us. And one of our biggest challenges is silencing that voice and replacing it with something that's positive and hopeful. And if, if we don't do that, it's going to make practice and life, everything, marriage, marriage parenting for sure, because I'll tell you, whatever you're telling yourself, whatever your inner mean girl is telling you, your kids will definitely tell you someday. They'll just reinforce it. Um, If we can't get over that hump, everything is going to be so much more difficult. It'll be like trying to push a boulder up a hill. So working on that self-esteem piece, resetting your mindset, figuring out where your worth really comes from those are probably some of the best things you can do for your life moving forward.
0: Well, on that note, I think there are also great things to do for your practice moving forward too. And being really intentional about designing your practice is the next step in your planning process. Designing your practice for 2019 doesn't have to mean a complete overhaul. It doesn't have to mean a change in location, rebranding, and all new decor. core. But perhaps it's time for you to change your office hours. After you really look at how do you want your life to feel, you might see that it's time to make some changes in the hours that you avail- that you're available for patient care. You might also see that if you want your life to feel less overwhelming, then it's time to have more support with your kids so that you're not taking home so much work. And you're able to focus on one thing at a time, being mom or being practice owner or being the clinician, the, the practitioner in your practice. They're separate roles, and we need to give ourselves separate time to do those things as well. Other things like reviewing your fees. Are your fees still really really reflecting the value that you provide, or is it time to increase your fees? Is it time to go out of network with med- medical insurance companies so that you can increase your fees and earn your worth one of the biggest takeaways for us over the weekends was just how many people are not keeping track of their statistics in any kind of formal way. Oh, good golly! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that pretty much sums it up, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, I get it. Like, I, I, for a long time, didn't have a very healthy relationship with money, and I've done a lot of work to change that, and I'm really proud of that, and I'm really happy with with the results, um, but even though I always felt funky about money, I just inherently knew that this was like tracking the statistics in my business was something that was important. But I think that that came just from my work experience prior to chiropractic working in retail and in sales. I I mean, every store that I ever worked in, it was part of our opening and closing process that we would, we would write down like, what were our sales totals for that day? Who sold what? How like, What was my sales for the day? What were her sales for the day? And um, what were our goals? Did we reach the goal for our sales that day? Um, And then, of course, we would have like a weekly process of closing out those goals as well. And then monthly and quarterly and yearly. So while I get it, I also know that it's not very empowering. It's disempowering when you don't know the health of your business, essentially. And that's all these numbers tell you.
1: Yeah, and that's, that's really what it is. I'll tell you this right now. If, if, first of all, if you're not tracking stats at all, but even if you're only tracking the sort of the usual chiropractic stats, the basic ones, uh, you know, patient visits for a week, new patients or patient visits a month, Um, new patients, income, and services, you you have so many blind spots in your practice, you cannot even imagine. Like if you're wondering why you feel like you need to keep adding more new patients and where the money is going, start keeping better track of stats. And I promise you, if you keep the right stats, your stats will tell you exactly where the holes are in your bucket. And I'm talking about stats like income, per patient, like income per visit, cost per visit. So you know what your profit is. Density is a really, man, like that's an important stat for looking at practice growth. Um, your conversion rate, your second report conversion rate. Oh gosh, I could go on. Like Our stats program that Craig and I use is so complex, but when we started using it, holy smokes, we figured out, why our practice was financially going down the tubes. And if we hadn't done that, I'm not sure we would have figured it out. So um, you know, you, you don't have to have a system that's as complex as the one we use, but you need to have a system, and you need to have a system that tells you more than just like the four basics.
0: We had a podcast episode previously about tracking stats in your practice and for the life of me, I cannot remember what episode number that was. Um, and I was trying to look it up, and I'm making typos. So that doesn't help me <laughs> get there any faster. Um, we'll put, put it. it we'll put a notes. link. Yeah, we'll put a link to it in the show notes. There's an episode that we've that we've done probably over the summer that was about what statistics do we keep track of besides just the obvious of how many new patients have you had, how many office visits have you seen, and how much revenue have you generated? Yeah. Okay. Um, another important part about designing your practice is being clear on who your ideal patient is. Again, another topic that we talk about often on the podcast, but um, perhaps there's a shift in you in who you want to focus on, who you want to draw more, who you want to draw in more into your practice. Um, but there's also the potential that you're listening to this podcast and you've never taken the time to really get clear on who your ideal patient is and why that's important to you and to your practice and your community. So if you've not done that yet, then now is the time for you to start. We've also got a podcast episode on that topic, which again, I can't remember the name, the episode number. I think we've done
1: a couple or you've, you've done one in the past and then we definitely did one together. Yeah. We'll put a link in the show notes to that, but I had a thought on that this morning, actually, as I was driving into work, Um, just the importance of having a very specific ideal patient. Um, And in my office, my office is really highly niched. It's um, like my ideal patient is a very, very specific person. And so the interesting thing is that, you know, I've had some people who have found me through Google, uh, you know, we're just, you know, they've passed by my sign and called and booked an appointment and a lot of those people they they come in they have their examination they have their report of findings they say that sounds awesome and then I'll get an email from them that basically says thanks but I I think it's just not in my budget not you know because what I do like I said is it's very highly specialized and it's a premium cost for it but people get amazing results so the thing that's cool about the ideal patient is that Whereas it used to really stress me out and make me think, oh, my God, what am I doing wrong? Um, it, you know, and even, even with these people, I ha- had to have a conversation with my own coach and with Craig just about, you know, do I need to, to change my communication in the report of findings at all to basically to open it up a little bit more and accept more people and both of them just sort of said, well, were those people your ideal patients? And no, they're not like not, not a single one of them were my ideal patient. So the question is, well, why does that bother me then? Because for each and every one of them who left, it opened up a spot for some, somebody else came in who was my ideal patient. And as I was driving in this morning, the reason I thought about this is that I don't have a single person in my practice that makes me kind of roll my eyes and go <sighs> when I know they're coming in. Every single one of them lights up my face with a smile. Every single patient that I have, they all pay full price for the parents, for the kids, everybody, and they are all my ideal patients. And so that's the value of doing that work. I mean, we've got masterclasses on that in the Aligned Women Members community. We've done so many videos and teachings on ideal patient because it really really matters as far as designing your ideal practice if you don't want to walk into your practice feeling bitter and resentful and just feeling weighed down all the time one of the most important things you can do is really begin to niche down who your ideal patient is you know bring down that age range that they're in um, specify a gender, specify their interests, their income level, their family situation, their mindset toward health, whatever it is, but it is so worth doing because that's how you design your ideal practice.
0: You know, if you're on the cusp of burning out in your practice, I'm going to really challenge you to think about this. Have you allowed yourself to spend time not only refining who your ideal patient avatar is, but then implementing boundaries in your practice to perhaps let go of some of the existing patients that are not a great fit and then to make space for the patients who are a better fit. And I feel strongly that it is a protective measure for our longevity, for us to really work with people who we're excited to show up and take care of, not just people that we feel like are a number who are helping us pay the bills.
1: And you just really have to trust this is not the end of the new patients. I think that's the fear that's out there is we have to accept everyone because what if the new patients dry up? They're not. And the more you niche down,
0: the more they find you. Yeah, so true. Yes. So true. Okay. So the last step in the planning process is to create your marketing plan for 2019. And of course we want you to have a simple and easy marketing plan, so that first and foremost you'll actually implement it and stick mm-hmm. with it. Um, but truthfully, like we talked about fun earlier, you know, when your marketing feels fun, it's simple, it's easy. Uh, I feel like it's actually more attractive to the right people than if you feel like you're trudging along and just doing the things you think you should be doing. People can feel that energy from you. They may not be conscious of it, but it's definitely not as attractive as if you're just out in your community being a real person and having fun.
1: Yeah, for sure. And no one wants to dread marketing. Like we all have to do marketing, it's really important. So if you have to do it, you might as well enjoy it. It shouldn't be something where you're thinking, oh, Thursday morning between 10 and 12. That's my marketing hour. Can I just do anything else? Like maybe rip my fingernails out slowly. And you know what I mean? Like,
0: sounds fabulous. I
1: know It's awesome. But that's also (laughs) what creates the consistency in the thing with a marketing plan. We overestimate what we can do in the short term. And we underestimate the effect of a good marketing plan in the long term. Marketing has to have some short term stuff. But more than anything, the real value in a good marketing plan is the long-term gain, sticking with it month after month, year after year, and then just building, building on it, building on your funnels, building on your audience, building on your brand.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, As we go along in this episode, my voice seems to get froggier and froggier. I feel like I'm croaking (laughs) I'm like, Yes. And I sound like a bullfrog. Um. <laughs> I don't think so. I haven't noticed oh, it. Goodness. Okay. Maybe it's just what it sounds like in my head. Cause it sounds crazy.
1: Okay. So Danielle, why don't we recap how to do your, how to plan your best year ever. And the first step that we said is, first of all, have a planning session, like take the time and block out, I don't know, maybe two, three hours, an hour half an hour. If it's not something you do, block out some time and spend some time planning. It's something you must do if you are a businesswoman. If you are the CEO of your business, then CEOs plan. So that's the first step is just simply scheduling it. The second step is review your year. Go back into 2018 and answer some of the questions that we talked about earlier in the podcast. What worked well? What didn't work well? What are you still longing for? The third step is design your life. Think about what you want your life to look like. And then fourth step, design your practice around how you want your life to look like. Fifth step is to create a marketing plan. So how are people going to find you? Find something that's fun and just be consistent at it. And I would say if we were going to add a bonus thing, find a mentor Uh, You know, the most successful people who are our podcast listeners or who are in Aligned Women are people who are in our masterminds or have a coach, have a mentor of some kind. You and I have had mentors and coaches for years. I, I think I've never not had a coach in practice. There's no sense in reinventing the wheel. And what a good coach does is they help you basically get through all the muck that's in your head and see things straight. They're able to see blind spots that you can't see, and they're able to help guide you in a much more direct way. So if you don't have a mentor, if you don't have a coach, I would really encourage you to go to alignedwomen.com forward slash work with us and check out the different options that are there. Danielle and I both do one-on-one coaching to help you set up systems and frameworks and work on your mindset in order to grow your practice. We have amazing masterminds where you will be in a community of other women who are all moving forward, who are focused, who are accountable. And it becomes like a sisterhood. Um, If those are things that interest you, then go to alignedwoman.com forward slash work with us and
0: just choose one of the options.
1: Is there anything else you wanted to add to the episode today, Dr. Danielle?
0: On the note of being the CEO of your practice, Our next episode will be talking about five things to delegate. (laughs) Um, And that is definitely a CEO level topic. So, if you're like us and you want to take your business seriously and you take your growth seriously, then be sure to join us for that next episode as well so that you can start delegating more things off of your plate in 2019 and have more time for the things that you really want to focus on your self care your family, and your patients. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us today on this episode. And we will see you back here next week for our next new episode. Take care.
1: Thank you for joining us today on the Aligned Women podcast. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, we would love for you to head on over to iTunes and hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can join the community of amazing women doctors in our free private Facebook group, Mama Chiropractors, by going to alignedwomen.com slash
0: mama chiropractors. And if you'd love to fast track your success in life and practice, subscribe to the waitlist for the Aligned Women Team group coaching membership by going to alignedwomen.com forward slash join. Have an amazing day and we look forward to seeing you next time on the Aligned Women podcast.